Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one session in English or in French, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550, and our website can be found at lifecoach10amslife.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for our second episode of Season 10, a very special guest and entertainer, author, and talk show host, Miss Patrice Francois. And just like every of my past episode, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Miss Francois, the floor is yours. Hi, as Dr. Dan said, my name is Miss Francois. That's MSS for multi-talented and super sexy. I'm an entertainer. I host my own TV show. I am an author of two books and I also do comedic monologue. The whole point of my show is that I use humor to help others deal with their dysfunctional relationships. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today, uh, Ms. Francois. Now, tell me about your own personal experience. What brought you to become who you are today? I mean, we're talking about you being a talk show host, you being an entertainer, an author. So what was your own personal journey? It's Honestly, it's men and not being able to find that the love of your life, that ride or die, that I suck at relationships. I, I think it was I was just really bad at picking the men in my life. Oh, I, I summed it up to when you look back now is like low self-esteem and where you are and how you see yourself and people treat you according to how you treat yourself. So honestly, I'm here because it was my way of trying to get over the hurt and pain of failed relationships. And what do you feel is the common denominator in your personal experience that was making you fail in your relationship? Were you um, were the, the men not really up to your standards? Were you bossy? <laughs> what, what brought you to that? <laughs> well, well, I am bossy. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think back then it has to definitely do with low self-esteem. I didn't see myself as pretty or smart, or I didn't, didn't think I could get this particular person or that particular person. So I think my standards were low for myself. So therefore I pick people, nothing was wrong with them, but they were at that particular level, which I could have done so much better. <laughs> So um, I could have had a, I could have had a Dr. Dan. There you go. And I would be able to be there for the therapy uh, part of it. Um, so what really brought you to become the person that you are today when it comes to entertainer, when it comes to uh, writing books? Now, do you write books about the personal experience in relationship or what is the nature or the genre of your books? Okay, so one book was having to do with showing other people how to start their own TV show by basically using the me and team because everyone always say, oh, there's no I in team. But I believe in anything you do, you have to start with yourself. And after you start with yourself, then you could drag in or bring in a team or attract a team. The second book is called basically five plus ways to get over a breakup. I title it, let that beep, beep man go. But the beep, beep is symbols for curse words. Because yes. it's basically you're frustrated and angry after that breakup. And it's, uh, the book is basically showing you different ways that you can help get over that breakup and move to the next chapter in your life. And as you said, how did I get 
even into that is a lot of times when you go through breakup, some people cry themselves to sleep. Maybe they eat, maybe they don't eat or they drink or whatever. They find ways of getting over that hurt or masking that hurt. I use humor. And since I use humor and it helped me, I decided to interject or put those things in the things that I do to help others laugh a bit. So, but when you're in a situation where the love of your life or the so-called love of your life um, left you or that there's a breakup, how can people look at things in a positive way? I mean, how can they put humor in that very traumatic experience? First of all, why you got to think that they left me? Yes. <laughs> I left them. Thank you, Dr. Dan. Yes. Okay. People... Well, this is a <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all it is I don't want anyone to think oh you just start laughing immediately it's a slow process and I mean I have different things different ways because one size to me does not fit all and we are all different people but one of the things I think we have to slowly start to do first of all you should stay be in that particular area be in that pain feel that pain or whatever the case might be you're going to need time to cry you're going to need time to scream and be sad and so forth and so on but one of my first things I always tell people after you've been there you have to slowly start to detach because yeah. we hold on to so many things and it could be something simple as a picture a gift a movie ticket that you all went to and if you keep holding on to these things therefore you'll never even start to even begin to move slowly because it's, it's a slow process for some Okay. So I don't want anyone thinking, oh, you get up in the morning and like, ha, 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 That's not going to happen overnight. Absolutely not. <laughs> so um, is there like a specific process that you find to be the most successful when it comes to letting go of the past relationship and start moving forward? Now you're talking about being self-aware of what caused the demise of the relationship. Now, because obviously a lot of people, uh, Ms. Francois, I'm not sure if it's you or a lot of other people that you've uh, coached, um, they usually bring past mistakes into the present relationship because they have never really taken the time to analyze what caused the, the struggles in their existing relationship and they bring it to the next one and then the next one fails and then they bring the same mistake again. So how do you detach yourself from making the same mistake over and over again? First of all, I don't know why I keep talking about me, but... <laughs> you see, this time I, I cut myself and I said, not you, but let's say... But the people you coach here you go okay those other people yeah. so this is my thing with baggage right i i always like the fact that people say oh don't bring your baggage so my thing is don't bring maybe the two suitcase and the trunk and so but to me no matter what you're going to bring something i try to say just bring a purse you know something you could swing over your shoulder in into the next relationship but i think what a lot of us do is we just blame the other person for everything and we don't take responsibility for what we may have brought into that relationship and to help with the demise and that's why I tell some people you might be okay by yourself but sometimes you might need a Dr. Dan you might need a therapist a psychologist to help you get to that next stage and everyone is different but we I don't believe in or oh, never bring any baggage you're going to bring something we're hoping that what you do bring in that purse or that man bag is just something more positive into the next relationship because you learn from the old one where you took some responsibility for so your show uh, miss francois show what do you specifically talk about do you talk about relationship in general do you talk about other aspects of someone's life what do you focus more your energy on to be able to help people transition from one relationship to the other 
So the first thing I, I like to say with my show, it's only 30 minutes and the first five minutes, it tends to be a comedian. And a lot of times the comedy is around relationships. So I always say, instead of you hearing me turning on and me going to a boring two minute spiel about relationships, you're going to get a chance to relax and laugh a bit. After you laugh, my the 20 other uh, other 24 minutes could be a variation of different things it could be set someone telling their personal story and how they got over it maybe that could help someone else also i tend to have a lot of different panels so i might have panel of men saying from a point of view of what they believe women want or what they believe men want so it's it's different dif different things i also do like i might review a relationship book like a steve harvey book act like a lady think like a man review a movie so it's different aspects but it all comes back to relationships and show different point of views from relationship but always add that humor in it to make you see it a different way beautiful now if let's say you could tell to our listeners i mean i'm sure that a lot of people are either struggling with an existing relationship either being in a toxic one um and a lot of people don't have that self-esteem as you mentioned earlier to be able to leave that relationship so how would you guide them on a step-by-step -step process for them to be able to take their courage together and be able to leave the relationship and not really look back. Because the thing is, a lot of people, either they deal with a narcissistic person, either they deal with someone who's very controlling, someone who's whatever it is, and it's hard for them to let go of it. So how do, what would you suggest to the listeners? So this is what I would say. I'm not, I'm not going to have no step-by-step -step and five steps and three steps. I don't fully believe in some of those steps, right? Because that's why I said someone could take the third step and it worked. But what have worked for me, I could tell you about my experience, right? Beside reading and all these different things and listen to people like Dr. Dan, I have, I, I always tell people confide in a confidant. And I always want to make people understand Confidence song like a friend, but it's not a friend. I always try to separate a friend is someone, say you have something in common with, yeah. we like swimming, we like tennis, we do that together and you go home. That don't mean that person has to know every part of your personal life. But a confidence to me is someone who is there, they listen most of all. They're not quick to try to solve anything because a lot of times when you're in pain, you want someone to listen, you want someone to hear you. You just want someone to not a positive just be there so to me once you can confide and honestly truly let those emotions out to someone you fully trust they're not going to talk to everybody and someone that's going to be there for you that's to me the one of the first part in healing and that and after you talk it out sometimes you could even figure out what it is that you need for that next step and that's why a lot of times therapist therapy does work. If you notice, if anyone have been to therapy, a lot of time they're not even telling you anything. You just get into talk and have the time to repeat exactly what you say to help you see the light. And that's what you know. Psychotherapy is talk therapy. Is where the the person who's coming to see the therapist will discuss about the problem, and we do primarily reflective listening, which is we mm. make sure to be able to understand what they said by paraphrasing those words. But we always allow the patient themselves to find a solution to their problem, because of course we we are not living their experience. We're not experiencing it per se. So it's hard to be able to give them advice when it's not directly applicable to their situation because we may perceive things differently. For example, for me, if let's say uh, a relationship doesn't work, I will be the first one to be able to be blunt and tell the person that I am not happy. I'm sure that you're not happy. Let's part ways. But other people, they feel some kind of like magnet or this kind of glue that they have with that person. And even though this individual is very toxic 
and very dangerous physically, mentally, and whatever it is, they will still stay around because it reminds them of their relationship with their parent, uncle, friend, cousin, brother, whatever it is. And they're, they're drawn to this kind of behavior. So that in itself, it changes completely the dynamic. So again, again, it cannot be really applicable to every situation, Ms. Francois. So exactly. It's really hard to be able to really pinpoint one specific situation or one specific solution for every cases that you actually address. You sound like a doctor. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's more of a clinical perspective. <laughs> So um, overall, when, when you see relationship as a whole, and especially now with this uh, post-pandemic, okay? Now people have experienced something completely different when it comes to either dating or relationship. Now the dating part, obviously, because we're all in isolation, it was very hard for people to just swipe, meet that night, get together, do whatever they usually do, and then part ways. Um, now people have had more the time to get to know the person better because now you don't really just go and meet you you knew that they were danger with those the pandemic so you kind of like get to know the person have zoom talk or have zoom dinner whatever it is now that this post now that we are past the pandemic i hope so um how are people going on a date now how is the transition that you that you have searched or that you have found is it better is it worse has people lost their ability to communicate? Has they lost their ability to socialize? What is your say? I don't think people have lost their ability to communicate. I think people have communicated even more. And even because of the pandemic, people realize there's so much different ways to date compared to what it was before. So to me, entertaining those new ways and even the old ways as in meeting up to me has definitely evolved and even better. But then again, I remember it's different people. They have some people are so glad that most of the pandemic is past that it could actually go back out and be able to date someone and touch someone even have some one night stands i'm just saying i'm keeping yes. it real right dr dan oh, yeah. but to me <laughs> absolutely this is the nature of the show <laughs> <laughs> but overall i for me i think it has gotten better because just so much options now you you can't make up any excuses what it, what is an excuse to make up Oh, there's no excuses at this point. Okay, so <laughs> that's the dating part. So let's go to the relationship part where people were stuck in a home for like a year and a half and they get to know their spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend in a much deeper level. And now they realize that, oh boy, we have a lot of things that are not in common. We have a lot of differences. We have a lot of that. And we have seen a lot of people after the, the this pandemic is over that they start noticing that, we're not a good match. So how is that, you know, perceived by you or by other people that you have coached? To me, that to me that was a great thing. I mean, the divorce rate I climbed, but at the same time, it was a good thing. If you think back, I think even looking back, because it's been two plus years, we in this pandemic, so forth and so on. But why it is, we would basically like shadows in the night two people passing because this one work in the morning you work in the evening no one is even getting that time to spend proper quality time when kids enter into the picture your focus is on the child and the love is there but you when you start to see people in different like you realize i didn't realize i didn't like how he chewed that much oh my god i think he's no louder <laughs> than i remembered yes. oh i know what her cooking is not even that good because now she actually has to cook when i used to get lunch outside yes. so to me people help you to see other people but 
not see yourself at the same time in a whole different light. So to me, some people save themselves from in a relationship that could have been just there just because it was convenient and you somewhat settle. Now you realize, again, there's even more options out there. So to me, you, you, for all we know, we only have one life to live. So if that person is not for you, you realize it earlier than later. Mm -hmm. And you move on and now you have so many options to be able to date better, get to know better, get to know yourself better. So to me, overall, it has been a great thing in many ways. It's how you see certain things, yes. your perception. Of how things. you perceive the situation. Absolutely, uh, uh, Ms. Francoise. So for our listeners, what would you suggest when it comes to um, getting back into the dating scene? What, what thing they have to pay the most attention to? when it comes to meeting new people. Um, and as, of course, like our social skills has atrophied because we were, we were like isolated for two years. So we do not know how to interact with people now face-to-face. -face. It was easier online or virtually, but now when face-to-face, -face, it's a bit different. So what would you suggest them to be able to start really before jumping into a new potential relationship, what they should really focus primarily on? First of all, I think people put too much, oh my God, the date, oh, what, what I got to dress, I got to brush my teeth twice, I got to do this. My thing is, first of all, make it fun. And why not, instead of making a one-on-one, -on -one, maybe suppose this could be some kind of group activity, because I have done those. We have so many sites, like the meetup sites and different things, we all could go together and meet different people. I think we put too, too much effort on certain things and you stress yourself out, especially since we're not going back into the world, as we say. So stop stressing yourself out relax a bit do some group activity and to me the number one thing is just have fun the having fun part yes and a lot of people i think they lost the ability to understand what fun means and that's the thing because okay if let's say someone has been not dating for two three four five years okay because of the pandemic and other years beforehand they they, they just have lost the ability to be able to how to interact and there and if they go on a date they they feel odd they feel a mm. bit kind of like I'm not in my element and my element okay. is being all alone. So it's, it's hard for to transition, as you mentioned in the beginning of your podcast or the, the podcast here, it's hard to transition into normalcy because what normalcy is, is to be able to interact with other people instead of being isolated. So now that this pandemic is over, it's kind of like re-educating people on how to be normal. <laughs> But I think also people are so busy beating up themselves, like, like relax, breathe. It meant, know what? Do some meditation. Yes. You know, just. <laughs> I always encourage that. Absolutely. I always encourage that. So um, overall, when it comes to your own experience in dating, uh, have, are you now in a relationship? Are you now still looking for, for that uh, night in arming arm or whatever it is or <laughs> the white horse and all yeah. that stuff so i am in a relationship and it's funny be, not being in a relationship for so long when you're finally in one people think oh it's perfect it's over the search is over we're all happily ever after and i always say life is not a disney movie when those curtain closes mm -hmm. you don't know what happens to cinderella and her prince and the kids so forth and so on so even me being in this relationship as i am now i'm still learning so much about that person and myself and i think the number one thing that i am learning to do is just continue to be patient with myself and the process when you say patient with yourself do you feel that you have certain attributes that has caused some uh, struggles with your past relationship or when you say patient in which aspect were you patient with? for me 
when I meet you today, by tomorrow, you should decide you love me. And by, by Wednesday or Thursday, you should decide what ring we're getting. <laughs> so... <laughs> Good enough. And that could be attributed to different things. Remember, you're still bringing something from your past relationship. So I've been in a seven-year relationship and that equal to nothing. So now you switch from, okay, I don't want to spend another seven years. So this one should be within six months. And age enters into that factor. I'm a female. Am I going to have enough eggs like to have kids? So it's so many things now compared when you were 16 to 25 and you hold hands, you went to the movies and ate McDonald's and you thought life was beautiful. You have, now you you have so many different responsibilities so it's so many things going on in your mind when you decide to to have someone now new in your relationship remember me being by myself I could get up and do whatever I want no one I have to talk to and tell anything to now I actually have to say oh I'm leaving the house (laughs) that's not your business (laughs) yeah that's so true but now that you are older and more mature are you set on your ways for certain things that you were not that you were oh hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was a quick answer even before i even finished the question (laughs) definitely set in a lot of ways and i think it has to do me with the person that i'm with now has to do with a lot of communication and people always think oh communication is easy that stuff is hard because a lot of times when you're communicating the number one thing you do is when that person is talking you're not even listening but you're ready to answer and you're ready to defend and i am always i'm always think someone is coming for me so i'm always ready to fight <laughs> verbally because i can't fight physically i have no, no, no. <laughs> so, so has that caused a lot of issues you answering or you interjecting the conversation before the person has to finish I'm going to cut you off to show you how I do it. (laughs) See, but I pause. So in my present relationship, it has had some issues. And I, but that's why I'm saying I'm being more patient with myself, pausing, trying to, not trying. I am listening more and trying to understand what that person is saying instead of me just jumping in there. So it's, it has caused some friction, but it's a good thing that it did because I'm learning still. We're always learning. We're always growing. And I'm learning more about myself. Even if this doesn't work out, I still know I learn something more for the next one. But don't tell him this, okay? No, 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 no. We, 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 <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so <clears throat> overall, if let's say you would summarize your experience and what you teach others, what would be the best gift that you will give to our listeners in terms of how do they need to see themselves in their next relationship? Now, I know this is very broad question, uh, Ms. Francois, but something that they could at least take with them after this podcast okay this is going to sound somewhat cliche but it's honestly learning yourself getting to know yourself getting to love yourself and that could be different things for different people i'm into health i so i make sure my uh, this is five five brown eyes and caramel complexion total perfection i have <laughs> learned to love that side of me and once you love yourself enough then it's easier for other people to love you so put you first Yes, being selfish is crucial, especially kind of, uh, and you know, (laughs) we see a lot of people, um, you know, focusing too much on making other people happy at the expense of their own happiness. So we see that they they completely change in the favor of the other person, and that behavior feeds the other person to become even more narcissistic because they feel they have a full control over that person. So that's something to be really, really cautious about. And a lot of people just forget who they are as an individual. And when they leave the relationship, they they feel that they leave with nothing. 
They leave like have taken everything from them. They have nothing left. And because of that, this distrust that they create, they bring it to the next relationship. And then that next relationship gets the wrath of that woman because of all the abuse that she went through. And they never really had the chance to heal. So that's- Amen, Dr. Dan, amen. Amen (laughs) to that, my dear Miss Francois. (laughs) Well, first, that's all the time that we have for today's podcast. I really do appreciate you taking the time out of our busy schedule to join us and thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible story. Now, we hope that you all enjoyed today's episode. I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 10 of the Happiness Unit podcast filled with inspirational stories, just like the one that you listen today with Miss Francois Show. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. Being selfish has nothing to do with focusing on yourself. To be able to help others, you must first serve yourself. How can you make people happy if you aren't satisfied with yourself? How can you offer much of anything if you have nothing left to give if you're a sort of person who provides to others? Before you can consider selflessness, you must first learn to focus on your own well-being. Figuring out how to achieve happiness from inside is the secret to happiness. This is the first step on the path to a successful voyage. The truth of the matter is that you'll always encounter individuals who want you to forget about yourself and concentrate on them. Learn to be aware of your own requirements. Ignore their requests since everything revolves around them. You must understand that self-interest in your mental health should be first priority. After you focus on your own well-being, any time you have left, if any, may be shared with others. My name is Dr. Dan Amzalek, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.